You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Last week, uh, I spoke to you from a message entitled People of His Presence. The message originated in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. If you want to go there, we'll be there in just a second. And it was especially focused on this particular theme from that scripture. So 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech or wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstrations of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. My hope throughout that message is that we would recognize that we now are the demonstrations of that power and of the Spirit. We need to recognize this. We're not talking about an event. We're not talking just about a situation. We are now the walking, talking evidence of that which God has powerfully done. Yes, we can all tell the testimony of a moment, but the great demonstration of power is that I used to be and I am no longer. I was, but now I am. I couldn't, but now I can. You know, we are, the, we are the great demonstrations of power. By our testimony, by the lives that we live, others' faith will stand, not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God, as he shows himself powerful through us. We don't see ourselves in those terms. We don't recognize that we are the walking talking demonstrations of the spirit and of power. We don't get to decide whether or not we're going to demonstrate something. We don't get to decide whether we're going to put something on display. We simply get to decide what it is that we will show. We go back in the Bible into the moment when the Gadarene demoniac was, had this encounter with Jesus and dwelt by so many demons that as they they cried out and said, you know, Jesus, what are you going to, don't, don't have anything to do with us. And they said to him, you know, just cast us into the pigs. So they, they, they went to the pigs and this man was free. What a great moment we can point to that event. We can point to that moment and see this great demonstration of power. But when Jesus is about to leave and he wants to come get in the boat with him, what did Jesus say? No, you stay. And you tell them of the great things that have been done. Why? Because he now was the demonstration of power. He was the walking, talking testimony of that which God had done. For you and I who are saved, we used to be sinners, now we're saints. We were lost and now we're saved. We were rejected and now we're accepted by by God. We were once this and now we're this. We are the walking testimony of that which he did, but the evidence, the demonstration is us. Every day, it's us. 
the Great Commission set out with great clarity that we are to, as we go, make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. So we discussed this last week in the context of revival. That was kind of the opening volley of the great freedom that he's already secured and offered us very openly, very certainly, very plainly. He is calling us to revival. And again, I mentioned last week, this doesn't, I'm not talking about the, where our mind typically goes to a series of, of, of nightly meetings where we sit and come together and hear an evangelist or a preacher preach in these sequences. I'm talking about the reviving of individual lives, the reviving of testimony, the reviving of these great demonstrations of power so that revival doesn't become an event. We are the revival. We are the demonstration. We are the revival. Well, in the same context, and this one was, this one was just very different. The, this message and how it connected was different. And I'm going to have to ask you to just really put on your cerebral caps because this may be as confusing as who's on first and what's on second that I got into a couple of weeks ago. But several times in the last few weeks, and when God begins to do this, I, I try to pay close attention. When God just brings this message and it comes strangely, comes uniquely, but it comes often in a series, I pay attention to that because he often is telling me there's more who need to hear that than just me or just the few that I'm talking to. So several times in the last few weeks, I've had a conversation with parents about the dangers of parenting only from behind your children as opposed to ahead of them. Now, see, I, I, I've been here 11 and a half years. I've never said those phrases to you. This was unique. This was, this was a bit different. Telling parents about the dangers of parenting from behind your children as opposed to parenting from in front of your children. If we parent from behind them, and I'll, get it, I'll, I'll make clear what I'm talking about as we go here. If we parent from behind them, they will determine what type of parents we will be. Again, I've got to go slow enough to let this turn over a couple of times. If we parent from behind our children, they will then determine what kind of children, what kind of parents we're going to be. If we parent from in front of our children, we will determine what kind of children they're going to be. There's a tremendous difference. And before I, I I've got a slide here. This, I'm going to go bullet by bullet in just a second, but I have one other point I want to make before we get to the slides. Uh, it'll be a lot more clear when you see it up there. But before I get to the slides and this more specific list that I'm going to go over, I hope that I can encourage us as parents to once again believe that we are smarter than our children. Do you believe that about yourselves? Do you believe today that you are actually smarter than your children? Yeah, I hope. Yeah, okay. 
I hope that we can believe that we are more wise, more knowledgeable, more resourceful, more faithful, more calm than our toddlers, more understanding than our elementary and junior high students, still a little bit more wise than our high school students and college-age children. If we don't specifically know that, we will likely parent from behind them. I had a situation, I think I might have described it. I don't know if I did it in detail or not, but I had a, a situation where I just had a parent who came to me with the, with the situation that, that their child, that the actions, the behaviors of their child that were concerning them and, and had tried and was continuing to try to talk to that child so the child could maybe help them understand what was going on, what was what was the story? Were they being bullied? Were they being ignored? What was, what was the story? And I shared with that parent, very often the child can't tell you. Sometimes the things that are going on are far too abstract, far too disconnected for them to say something logical and understandable that I could put together and say, oh, now I know what my child is going through. But we do know, again, if, if I believe First of all, that I'm a little smarter than my kids, that I'm more knowledgeable, more wise, more faithful, have connections and resources that they don't have. Then I know somebody that knows exactly what my child's going through. And if I believe that prayer works and I believe that I can ask him, I can actually ask him what's going on with my child and know what's going on with my child before my child can even tell me. And so we sit there in my office and he shared with me what these behaviors were. And in just a few minutes, less than five minutes, we knew exactly what was going on with that child and the, and the false identity that, that that child was carrying and could actually understand what to do about it before the child ever opened their mouth. And, and he was amazed that he could actually understand his child before his child told him what was going on. He'll listen to this, so I'm going to be careful how I share this, But because uh, nothing against him. It's just I don't want to divulge anything that would embarrass or do any harm. But uh, his child went to, went to see a counselor the, the week after he and I visited. And uh, when they finished, and, and he asked, his child, what, uh, what did y'all talk about? It was interesting, kind of proof to him that the two things that we'd come up with were the exact same two things that had been discovered after the counselor talked to his child. So I just pointed out, you knew before, you, before your child could tell you. See, this is possible. I want to get it in our head that this is actually possible that there's a means by which this can occur because most of the time with things going on with our children, we feel very helpless. Well, I want to tell you there's not a reason to, but I, I want to speak to this. I want to speak to what it looks like parenting from behind instead of what we should be doing in parenting in front. And I have, this is going somewhere besides just a lesson on parenting. I could have done this some other time. Sarah, if you'd, if you'd begin, please. 
I want to start with the side over here where it says, when we parent from behind our children, and these are, these are some of the characteristics. We live in reaction mode with each situation or circumstance determining the terms of our day. Can you see how that's parenting from behind? We're in reaction mode. I'm going to tell you, for those of you who are trying to take notes, I made copies of all this so that you won't have to. So, Johnny, you can rest for just a second. Yeah. They're, they're up here on the front. You have a copy of this so you won't have to try to copy all this down. You're going to be busy, busy. The second one, for parents parenting from behind, our children by their actions and behaviors determine our frustration and our weariness. Next one, okay. Our children will determine the nature of our relationships and the closeness of them as well. We will find ourselves praising and evaluating those things already done or forgotten to be done. So we will be speaking to things that they're doing, praising them for what they're doing or constantly addressing what they failed to do. The next one. We will live to clean up their messes and find ourselves in that position more often than we would like. We look for opportunities to squeeze in time and needed attention for our children. That's parenting from behind. And I, there's much more to it than that. That was just a few minutes of being able to just say, this is what I can easily recognize. Certainly, we're going to still do these things. Certainly, we're going to help them. Certainly, we're going to be there when those messes are made. But I want us to see the difference between what it looks like to parent from in front of our children. We lead from values and principles pre-established and largely unshakable. For example, the circumstances and the situations won't determine the outcome, some principle or value that we've already set actually will. I'll give you an example of this one. I don't know if I can give examples of all of them or not. But when our kids were little, Jan and I decided that we were going to raise our children in a grace-based home and not a performance-based home. That was a decision that we made. We actually practiced. What are we going to do in the moment that our, one of our children calls and gives us the worst news we could possibly hear? Things we didn't want to hear, unexpected things we, we don't want to deal with. What do We actually rehearsed so that when that phone call came or they came home from school and made those statements, that what came out of our mouth would be grace with no judgment. Because we didn't want the circumstance or the situation to dictate what came out of our mouth. We wanted the principle to. We wanted the value to. So that they wouldn't have to overcome us in the healing of whatever had happened. Unshakable in that. We lived unshakable in the determination that our children would be based in, a, in home, would live in homes based on grace and not performance. So that on their worst day, they would know they were loved the most. Now, I didn't, we didn't intend to be parenting from in front, but I'm so grateful that somewhere, somehow, we did on that one. The next one, we lead by a loving willingness to be the role model of faith, honor, integrity, and virtue that will display the true character, the true nature and strength that originates in the one we follow as parents. If they don't see something in front of them to emulate, they're going to, do, they're going to emulate, they're going to learn in the circumstance. If they don't have something, if 
see in us steadiness, consistency in those things, then they will, they will waver in the moments instead of being steady because they have seen something in front of them. <clears throat> the next, we will lead with vision and with clear objectives before us. And the next one goes with this one. We will openly communicate and speak often of that which is before us to build clarity in our purpose, resilience in the struggle of it, and the trust in the, in the certainty of its provision and promise. We, we tell them of what's coming. We speak to them of life in front of us. We tell them of plans long before we, t- we, we could have or would have. And then one of, the, one of the things that we did for our kids, and I don't know the, how they would feel about it, but when the girls were in high school, it was kind of hard to find jobs for them in small towns like Sundown, so Jan and I hired them. They had to get up, they had to get dressed, they had to be ready. By 8 o'clock in the morning, they worked from 8 to 12 on those things that we had them do. One of the things we had them to do was to pay our bills. We handed them the checkbook, and they paid our bills for us. That was an experience, wasn't it? Yeah, because they would look at the, that finish and say, what do we do now? We're out of money. They learned quite a, quite a lesson in that, but we could speak openly to them about the things that were coming in our life. Having conversations about the future, things that we hoped for, dreams that we had, to be able to tell them growing up that we wanted them to be children of the world and not of sundown. We wanted to give them the experiences that they would be at home anywhere in the world that God would send them. That was a decision, speaking of those things before them. The last one, we speak to the who that a child is as well as praising them for the what that they have done and correcting them where they need instruction. This is a huge one. If you're going to lead from in front of them, you have to already see who they are. You have to already acknowledge it because the Holy Spirit's giving you clarity about these attributes of your child. So instead of just praising them for what they've done, which there's nothing wrong with that, to be able to say with, the, with that being verb, you are strong, you are kind, you are loving, you are powerful, you are courage. To be able to speak identity to them that you see long before they see it. These are just a few of the attributes of parenting from in front. If all you have is parenting from that left-hand side, they will largely determine the kind of parent that you are because they're going to see you frustrated. They're going to see you tired. They're going to see you weary and because they are determining the kind of life that you are living, even the relationships that you have. When you parent from in front, you are largely determining the type of child and who that child will be. There's a huge, huge difference. Now, again, I didn't just show this because, because of a lesson in parenting, because there's a bigger question uh, in this lesson beyond this one in parenting. First, it's this. We have spent an exaggerated amount of time over the year, uh, last year especially, focused on our understanding of God as our Father. So I hope you begin to see where this is going. From John 17, in Jesus' prayer to his Father, he says late in the prayer, In verse 25 of of chapter 17, O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I've known you. And these have known that thou hast sent me, and I've declared unto them thy name, and will declare it. What name? 
What did he always call him except on the cross? He called him Father because he was making sure that we would understand at least part of the relationship that he wanted to give us was in relationship to a father of a father to his child. I believe there's much to be said and much to understand if we will finally allow that to penetrate our understanding and know that he is my father. Now, I hear all the time, and I know it's true, that many of us have had situations where the, where the father model in our life may not have been good. Well, I, I, I can understand that, but most of us sitting here today in, in quite evident Christian maturity should not have trouble understanding, though, that I might not have seen it. I can still understand from the Word of God what a father looks like, should look like, and be like, and, and, and how they are with their children. We also gain great understanding if we recognize that he parents from in front of us and not only, not only behind us. He is truly willing to parent from behind us. He does all the time. He helps us recover. He helps us restore. He helps us rebuild that which was knocked down or messed up. He is loving, lovingly there to take any mess we make and reestablish it into his glory. He will parent us from behind us. However, if we allow ourselves to consider for just a moment how he parents from in front of us, we will understand something powerful and life-changing. How does he parent from in front of us? If we see him parenting from behind, if we see that, if, if I'm standing here as a child and I see him parenting from behind me, I will determine what type of God he is. We'll see this in just a second. If I believe that he is there to clean up my messes, to take care of me when I'm broken, to help me when I'm hurt, and to take care of those situations that, that I have created, and that's the way I see him parenting us and leading us, then I will determine what kind of father he is. If, however, I let him lead me from in front of me, I will understand how then he determines the kind of child to him that I will be. But if we don't understand him leading from in front of us, then, then we will determine what kind of God he really is to us. So how so? How will this work? Again, if we see him as coming behind us and helping us only when we make a mess and find ourselves in trouble, we will draw very, very inaccurate and incomplete assumptions about him as our father. Because when you just think, think about your own story for just a second. Here you are standing as a child and you're describing your problem to him, how often does he solve it the way you want it solved? How often do you feel like he is too slow to really help you because if he was really there, then he would have already helped you? How often do we feel like he's too hard to contact in our moments of great need? How often ineffective in providing our desired outcome. 
You see, unfortunately, much of the Christian world who expects him to be that type of a parent who parents from behind has already drawn those conclusions and determined that that's the father that he is. And many of them have already walked away. He let me down. He didn't do what I needed. He wasn't there. And what he did wasn't what I wanted. And largely, many believers have already walked away in disappointment. Even those who stayed adjusted what they believed about him according to that disappointment. They've been trained to trust him. They've been trained to express their belief in him. They just don't like him very much because he doesn't come through very often. We will determine the type of father he is if we see him in his largest role, simply taking care of the messes that we have made. I don't know if you run into them, but I run into them often. But what if we know the other? That he parents from before us as well as behind us. Then I can go to these kind of scriptures. I'm gonna go through these quickly. Colossians 3.13, forbearing one another and forgiving each other. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do you. So what has he already done as this parent in front of us? What has he already done with the mess up that I'm about to commit? He's already forgiven it. He's already dealt with it. He's already restored it. He's already completed it in front of me before I, ever, before I ever did it. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and has given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God, a sweet smelling savor. He is that example. He is that role model. He is the one that I can follow. I can see him in front of me. I can see the Holy Spirit that has indwelt me. I can see who he is in front of me and I can know ahead of, my, ahead of any situation that he loves me. John 15, 15, henceforth I call you not servants for the servant knows not what the Lord does but I've called you friends for all things that I have heard of my Father. I have made known unto you. He wants to tell you of the things coming. What happens in the church when the church says there is no longer such a thing as prophecy? We relegate him to a God that's working behind us because prophetically, he's gonna give us visions and truth in front of us that anchors us in something in front rather than just relegating us to something behind us. He is parenting us from in front, Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. He even wants us to know his will for us in front of us and not just wonder why he did what he did behind us. What difference does this make? If we don't know that, he's leading from in front. We will rule out prophecy. We will rule out hearing his voice. We will rule out a pre-established provision that has already been delivered. We will, re we will rule out a complete work of salvation. We will rule out a complete work of the Spirit. 
we will rule out all of the contact, all of the relationship, and we will be left with religion contemplating the stuff behind us instead of fully engaging a father who loves us and parenting from in front of us. I want to tell you, when I know he loves me, when I know there's vision, I know there's purpose, I know there's prophetic truth, when I know those things and believe those things, it will actually determine the type of child I am because I will know I'm loved. I will know there's purpose in my story. I will know that what I do matters. I will know that he loves me the way that I am, but he's determined to to love me beyond that point as well. I will know me the way he knows me because I will let him tell me who I am and not just acknowledge me for the good that I've done. We will be left hoping for his approval if if he parents from behind. We will be left hoping for his approval, but doubt seriously that he is very pleased with us. We can't quite find out if he's present in our need or often disappointed that he didn't answer the way we expected. Revival. If we're going to experience personal, intimate revival so that we become those demonstrations of power, we have to make this transition. We have to know that he's more than a God who will clean up our messes. And he's a God who will move us forward. We spoke of this already. And I'm just going to mention it briefly. If you want to know what caused that man yesterday to do what he did, I will tell you it's an ancient story. It didn't begin yesterday. It didn't begin with a traffic stop. It began years ago when a heart was broken. It started years ago in a, moment of, in a moment of harshness, a moment of cruelty, a moment of bullying. It started years and years ago. We can evaluate all the causes and we can make assessments of all, the, of all that might could have. I'll tell you today, when Parker spoke of stepping into that darkness, If we don't step into the darkness of children and begin to lead them from in front of them, we relegate them to to a life of, of, of behind them. And the brokenness remains. The hurt remains. The frailty remains behind them. And we wonder why they act so terribly in this terrible moment. And I'm not trying to defend, but I want to know, I want you to know, I want us to know that we don't, stop that by just the things we can do today. We stop it by by interjecting ourselves into that darkness and speaking to that brokenhearted child, speaking to that brokenhearted teenager and tell them about a God who loves them in front of them and has great purpose for them because they have not been able to find it. Please at least understand the weight of this message isn't just about you and your children are about, about us in our relationship with God. It's about because if I know he's leading me from in front of me, then I am much more prepared to tell that story to someone else and show them a God, a father who wants to lead from in front of them as well. God loves you. He parents you 
His child from in front of you. Yes, He will be there behind and help in all manners of things. But until we switch and the predominance of my heart is connected to the reality of the future He has set before me, I will wallow in what's behind me and and rarely anticipate that which is in front of me. We have to be people of that transition. They were, but now they are. They were broken and now they're whole. They were sick and now they've been healed. They were lost and now they are saved because God loves us in front of us and draws us to Himself. Father, thank You this morning that we can hear this. I don't know the difference that any of it will make in any life or what it might do to help a parent understand raising their children and how to set before them this life so that the parents will greatly determine and help by the grace of God who these children will be, that their values, their morals, their character, their integrity will be intact and not in tatters, not destroyed by the former things, but blessed by the things still to come. Thank you, Father, that you show us this. Remind us of this. Tell us how to be parents grandparents in front of our children and grandchildren, but that we got it from you. We learned it from you by your spirit. Now indwelling us that we as parents can parent from in front of our children as you parent from in front of us. Thank you, Father, for this reminder this morning and the great difference that it will make as as people hear this message. Thank you, Father, for what you'll do in it, how you will use it, and lives that will be touched by it. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.